And we back. What's going on, guys? It's why you gotta interrupt me like that when I'm doing the intro. Bro? What are you talking about? Do you interrupt it? What? No, I'm not. Hey, you want to hear a knock Ooh. knock? What'd you just say? Knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Ha ha ha. See, I don't like it either. All right, from the top. No, that was good. Let's keep it no, going. That was terrible. Our guests, our our listeners love our banter. They've said it. It's not very professional. Are you serious? You know what? Who cares? I live my life business casual. I'm not here for black tie formal. I'm wearing them Hawaiian shirts. Okay, that's not, that's casual. I don't think that's business unless you're Magnum PI. No, it's 100% business casual. If you tuck it in, that, that's my outfit every day. Just by tucking in a shirt does not make it more formal than an untucked shirt you know that, right? i will wear a hawaiian shirt tucked into my slacks dress pants wearing with sandals balances with sandals no no i can't wear sandals to work so wearing white balances. socks and sandals white tube socks and white new balances crocs uh on fridays on fridays yep. sport mode activated with the a little I have to just rough terrain sometimes. Yeah, non-slip surface. You know how it goes. Exactly. Anyway, right. enough of that. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, enough of that. So today, if you're listening, whenever it is, we had the the privilege, the honor, the another word. Come on. Pleasure. Pleasure. Chick Fil A of interviewing. Klaus Souza, Gabe, who is it? Who is he? He is the assistant strength and conditioning coach for none other than the Denver Nuggets. Now, this guy is super cool. Um, he is. When, if you Google Klaus Souza, one of the pr- first thing that pops up is a video of him instructing people to work out at home with a backpack. And once we saw that, we were like, oh, man. This, if this I is- said that's all I needed, then I would have been working out a long time ago. I don't think it's all you need, but it's it's a step in the right direction for you. Well, I'm I'm gonna start using my backpack. Okay. Just all right, Dora. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. No, like he's just he gave us so dropped so much knowledge just about basketball and working out, and then just philosophy and life in general. He he has such a positive outlook on life, especially with with COVID and everything like that. Just everyone likes to think like. Is, is associating COVID with the negative aspect of things. And, and he brings a new spin and, and new light on everything. And it's really, it's really nice to hear. Absolutely. And he does give us that firsthand experience of what it was like in the bubble, along with what it's like in the, the weight room and how he translates his relationship first mindset with players instead of just essentially going on a tirade with them and how they need to work on their squat form or eat more veggies or X other reasons. And it's really cool because he talks about, like, if they had a rough game or they didn't play that well or they lost and they go into the weight room the next day, he's not going to bring that up. He's going to work on the relationship he has with the player. And for that 30 or 45 minutes they're in the weight room, that's all they're going to focus on. Nothing in the outside world matters. He just wants to be there with the player and let them know they're, like, they're, they're wanted, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's that's really great to kind of remove the distractions. And, I mean, I'm just essentially reverberating what he said. Um, yeah. So, without further ado, maybe we'll let you guys listen to the episode instead of us do a recap on it. Um, did I forget? I feel like we're forgetting something. I'm not sure. I think we have it all. Um, oh, saxophone. Oh. Three, two, one, go! Ever heard of a cardboard box seat? It's, it's kind of like an armchair quarterback. It's a word we made up, and we think it fits our views of basketball pretty well. Our made-up phrase means that we think and act like a manager of a team, or even the commissioner some days. But we don't exactly have the bank account to follow up on our team-owning aspirations. We've got ideas and opinions about the league that change when we come up with new ones, and we may have some funny jokes. The important thing is we love basketball. But we also realize there are plenty of important people who make what you see on the court run smoothly. 
There are a lot of people who work behind the scenes to make the league the best it can be. And we like to showcase them because they don't always get the credit they deserve. If you're looking for great interviews and bad jokes, you've come to the right place. So come watch with us from our cardboard box seats. Hey guys, welcome back to Cardboard Box Seats. Nick's here. Gabe's here. And today we have a very special guest, Klaus Souza. He's the uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Nuggets. Uh, hey, Klaus, thanks thanks for joining us, man. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so can you kind of go into your scenic route of your career thus far, like how you how you got to where you are? Um, man, I, it's hard. Um, it's like where to even begin, you know? Like I'm just a kid, a kid from Brazil, born and raised that you know, had a dream to work with sports and now I get to work in the NBA. It's like that, that right there to me, is like, when I look back, it's like, Oh, wow. You know? Um, and you know, like I get to, I get every day to like work out with, with athletes. And even before, you know, the nuggets, you know, I worked in collegiate sports and other professional organizations and I get to see athletes, you know, work hard and I get to see athletes also not work out at times, but, um, that's all part of the process, but I feel like wearing, you know, um, gym clothes to work every day can't beat that. And then watching high level sports can't beat that, you know? So it's like the whole deal, like, Oh, like find a job that you love and you never work in your life. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm very blessed to be where I'm at, but that's that's the most scenic description I think I can I can give you. I just love what I do, and I'm very very fortunate to be where I'm at, and to be to have been in the places I have been. So, yeah, and we'll definitely talk about a lot of those places later because you also work with women's college basketball and the WNBA, if I'm not uh, yeah. mistaken. Uh, and we'll hit those in a little bit. But a lot of people don't really know what a strength and conditioning coach does in, like, what does their typical day look like? Can you go ahead and describe that for us before COVID? Yeah. Um, so um, basically strength and conditioning, it's like a, a, it's almost like you, you become a jack of all trades. Um, people think, like, oh, you, all you got to do is work athletes out. But in, in a lot of organization teams and schools and everything, um, you, you got to try to take a role a little bit bigger than that. And just like, you know, like weight room coach. Um, and that includes um, being with the athletes basically 24-7. You know, whatever they go on a trip, you most likely going to go with them. Tournaments, you're going to be with them. And then inevitably you'll get questions. You know, I'm not a registered dietitian, but we get a lot of questions about like, hey, how's my eating? What should I do? And then, of course, we refer out a lot into the actual proper specialist in the field of nutrition but at the same time uh, over time you acquire enough knowledge that you start having to be able to have conversations and because you forge relationships you almost get put in a position where the athletes will listen to you over anybody else that they don't know um so from a mental aspect again i'm not a sports psychologist from a nutritional aspect again i'm not a registered dietitian um and then from a weightlifting standpoint and development um Right. And almost even to um, so-called sports specific. Again, I'm not a basketball coach. Right. But they'll be like, hey, did you watch me on the court? Do you think I'm more explosive? So like all those things starts to blend. And then I feel like a strength coach in the profession needs to at least have a good uh, overall 360 outlook on all that development, because that's really what we're here. We're here to develop players and athletes. Um, so and it's funny. It's a little bit of my philosophy. It's like. Uh, that will only get you so far. And I feel like when you forge relationships based on, you know, um, how to become a better human, period, then everything else will kind of come along down the string. So how can I convey to my athletes that I'm a good person in, in first place? Right. You know, and then, oh, coach is legit. Like, you know, Klaus is, is, is a good human. That starts to trickle down, and then it's like they will be more inclined to listen to what you have to say about the specificity of weightlifting, for example. So it's almost like a reverse engineering approach, you know. Like let's let's focus. Oh, I want to make you a better athlete. All right, let's focus on making you a better human. Right. Every, everything will kind of come along. That that's a really kind of unique perspective, and 
we've talked to a lot of other other uh, kind of workers in the medical field with professional sports, and they all kind of reiterate what you talk about. It's all about building a relationship first as a baseline, because you can you can come in and be like, oh, you need to eat more greens. Oh, you need to lift more weight. And they're just gonna be like, who's this guy? This <laughs> yeah. Guy I'm from. Um, so yeah, that, that that is a great point. Talking about the Nugget staff in general, as far as kind of like the, the medical team goes, um, who who all is on your staff? What what is that comprised of? Like, do you have a PT, AT, uh, nutritionist? You kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah, so we have a um, we call the HPU, uh, which is high performance unit, okay. and that's a combination of seven professionals. So we have uh, this is full time. Okay, um, I'll dive into the part time stuff here in a little bit. But we have a um, two physical therapists, we have two athletic trainers, and then we have two strength coaches, and then we have one massage therapist. Okay. So that comprises of the high performance unit, and then we again I mentioned earlier we refer out as well, right? So we have nutritionist consultants, we have you know uh, physiology consultants, and all that stuff, and they're more on like a service by service basis. Yeah. But again, you know, like we don't know the answers to everything. So we try to surround ourselves with competent people that will help us guide our staff and our unit into the right direction. So you had you had some experience with the Auburn's women's basketball team. What what was that like? And and you guys went to the tournament a couple of times, right? Didn't you guys? Yeah. What was that like? Man, um, you know, in life um, you get some opportunities that, you know, would change and shape you. And, you know, working at Auburn was, was one of those, one of those experiences for me. Cause I walked in thinking I was going to knock the job out of the park. And, you know, like I, I was met with a lot of resistance from, uh, the players I was working with. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, again, right. It all like learning curve and, um, it wasn't resistance, like they didn't want me there it was more like who is this guy to tell me how to eat right <laughs> you know or or it was funny it's i say this a lot um you know like your athletes don't really care about the scientific principles of training they they care about how you care about them right first and um you know passionate professionals at times get caught and i'm an example of that you get caught imposing your passion into someone else and when i impose my passion for development and lifting into my athletes that was met with resistance Hmm. why because i couldn't figure out i'm like why wouldn't you use the resources that we have available why aren't you working harder why aren't you eating better i don't like this food i don't like lifting lifting makes me slow all those things right and it was just one of those things where, you know, I had to learn and introspectively look at myself as a coach and try to figure out why is this happening versus just think this job is not the right fit for me. These athletes don't like me or whatever. And it was funny because the first six months were really tough. But after that, you know, it was um, I was fortunate enough to at least think I was changing the whole thing. and feeling better and then you know like my last day at Auburn was tough because you know tears were everywhere you know (laughs) from from both ends you know like from from coaching staff players and myself um I remember I broke down in the huddle because when coach let me uh announce to the team I was leaving it was like it was super emotional And, and I feel like when you when you think about those moments you look back and it's it's one of those things where you know all the struggle was kind of worth it yeah, for sure. So, skipping forward, what was the phone call like when you got when you got kind of called by the Nuggets? Essentially, was that was that a phone call that you expected or had heard about at least? Yeah, so um, that's that's a great question because um, you know, it, it, in this level and in this field, is a lot about who you know, right? Right. The connections that you have, um, and I'm all up for user network, man. Use a network as much as you can. Um, just don't embarrass them once you get there. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of my, my philosophy. Like you want to reference sure, but just remember like you're my extension the moment I refer you for a job. Um, and, um, what happened was 
I had met my coworker Felipe um, in in a, one of the NBA conferences. Uh, this is a while back, and you know we forged a relationship. Then, of course, we're both from Brazil, so a lot of people think like, "Oh, like you got hired because you're from Brazil and he's Brazilian." Like, that's a bunch of crap, <laughs> but. Because um, he had his trajectory in the United States, you know, uh, I had mine. Um, he's, I think, with the Nuggets now for 10, 10 years. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the North America between Canada and the U.S. Like, I'm going on my 13th year uh, that I, since I moved from Brazil. Um, so, like, just now... Uh, over a year and a half ago, I got this job with the Nuggets, you know. So people think it's just unexpected. It, it wasn't expected at the moment it happened because I was in a really good place with Auburn. And, and, you know, I didn't see myself. It's almost one of those things that when you stop looking, you find it type stuff, right. you know. Um, I was very happy and satisfied where I was. And then one day, you know, I got a, a text message from him saying, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, we stayed in touch. We would talk about once a month, but very cordial and professional. Just, you know, two countrymen, like, keeping up with each other and mutually respecting each other's work. Um, and I got a text from him basically saying, like, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, good. I'm like, is everything, like, what's cracking? <laughs> um, and then he was like, I think we're going to have a position over soon. And at the time, his assistant was was had taken another job, and then this is exactly what he said. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to get you an interview. This is not a job offer, right? Right. I, I'm gonna do whatever I can to at least get you in the door, but yeah. it, it's gonna be up to you to win the job. And um, lucky enough, uh, you know, I came for the interview and it worked out great. So. Uh, so, again, to answer your question, was it unexpected? Uh, no, but again, because of my foreign background, um, I don't believe things until I see them through. So, a, a, a very like informal text messaging thread, like, "Hey, I can get you an interview," um, you know, like, "Hey, come for the interview." I, I, you catch yourself wanting to dream about certain things. Like, oh, it'll be cool if it happens. But I don't like doing that because I feel like when you think too much about the future, you forget to live in the present moment, which is the most important one. Because if you do want something for the future, you've got to do something now about it. Um, that was the, the main thing. Uh, it was, I'm like, okay, I'll believe it whenever the Nuggets offer. I'll believe it whenever the Nuggets get through with the visa. And I'll believe the first day I'm actually at the job. <laughs> so until then, everything could be wishy-washy, man. I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff in this field, so it is what it is. So did I expect the call? No. I was kind of in awe and shocked whenever it happened. But it was pretty cool because it was draft. Actually, the day of the draft in uh, the previous draft, because everything got pushed back, you know, our, our president called me and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, not that, not that he, he needs any, he doesn't have anything else more important to do right now than call right. an assistant strength coach and congratulate me for getting the job and for being pumped to have me on the staff. I was like, that's what? awesome. <laughs> is this, is this for real? Like th this man got way more important, more bigger fish to fry, man. And he's calling me to tell me, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so that's funny. But that's again, that's a testament of what our organization is all about, and you know yeah. how awesome it is to work here. So, were you uh, were you met with any resistance from any of the Nuggets players, like you were for um, Auburn? Um, no, um, it was mostly. It, it's kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, the guys. The guys are seeing a lot of rotation in staffs. You know, if you if you catch a, a vet player um, that's been in the league for a little bit, you know, he's seen his fair share of, you know, like coaching changes, staff changes. Um, he also probably has his own, his own sort of network of professionals that work with him in the offseason. So it was, it was interesting because 
I told this years ago, if I ever worked in the MBA, I would like to get into an assistant role first because, you know, when, when I, when I got to the job at Auburn, like you're arguably the guy, you know, like you run the show, like you're the strength coach, you do everything. Um, and it's just you and athletic trainer and that's it. Um, and then at the Nuggets, like you're part of, you're a piece of a giant staff and, you know, the players look at you more like, hey, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. Kind of, I don't need to work with you. Like, I don't need to do anything you tell me to do. Um, but, again, they never did that with me. And that's, again, a shout-out to Felipe for establishing a culture where all the guys are super receptive to anybody that comes through the staff. You know, that's which good. is, again, through the grapevine, you hear stories, you know, from other organizations and stuff where, right. you know, things sometimes are not as great. And it helps that, you know, our, our, you know, higher contract players are really fan of the weight room and they like working with us. So oh, for sure. It was, it was a very easy transition and kind of being the assistant guy, it's okay to screw up, you know, <laughs> if you're not, you're not directly on the spotlight. Um, so, yeah. So COVID happened. <laughs> Everyone went into lockdown. It was in the middle of the season. Tell us about the workouts that you sent out to your players during this whole lockdown. They drew a lot of attention. And if you actually Google yourself, your, your name, Klaus Soza, what comes up is your backpack workout. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, again, um, man, like people talk about COVID, right? And then... I'll just try to find the good stuff in the bad, you know, like the diamond right. in the rough. Um, this pandemic, as sad as it was, and so many lives that we lost, um, there's also so much good that came about it, you know. And this is something I learned back at Auburn. Um, I used to focus on the girls' negative behavior too much and not give credit enough to the the positive ones. Because the positive ones weren't really anything that were like knocking my socks off of excitement, you know. Um, and and COVID is the same thing because there's so many sad stuff related to COVID right now that I feel like people are not really focusing on the small positive things that are coming out of it. And one of them is, you know, like I feel like I talk to my family more than I ever did. Um, and I know my, my fiance does the same. You know, every Sunday she has a Zoom call with her whole family and that's something that never happened. Yeah. you know, before. Um, so again, right. Trying to find, you know, the silver lining and things. And, um, COVID was one of those things where, um, you know, in the midst of chaos, they pay you to keep things calm. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes when I look at our job description as a strength coach, like, Oh, keep athletes healthy, maintain, build robustness, resiliency in the weight room, development players, blah, blah, blah. But, Really, when you think about it, these guys walk into the weight room and they had a really bad game. Uh, they're afraid they're going to get traded. I'm going to show them that for that 30, 45 minute span, they don't have to worry about that because all they can do is work on themselves. Right. And, and I'm not going to bring anything hoop related. I'm not going to yeah. say like, oh, great move, nice crossover. Yeah, coach doesn't play you enough. Hey, don't you know what I'm saying? Don't do dumb shit yeah. like that. And then again, right with COVID, it was very easy for us to just take a very victimized approach. I'm like, oh, you know, oh, we screwed. We can't, we can't work these guys out, and you can't be in person with them in the pandemic. You know, all right, man. Listen, what can we do? You know, um, what can we focus on? Let's not focus on the negative. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. All right, let's change that into what can we do? You know, right. how can we help? Um, and and then, you know, the workouts start kind of brewing. And, you know, a lot of this FaceTiming, literally like me watching reps. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Show me what kind of equipment you got at the crib and, you know, um, where are you at right now in the country? But most importantly, the first text message is not, hey, do you want to work out? It's mostly, hey, man, how's your family doing? Right. You know, and then sometimes professionals forget that. Yeah, you're a professional, but you're a human first. And again, I allude to my point earlier about the philosophy. We got to check on our guys as people. 
before we try to tell them that, listen, man, you got to do this, like, hit workout in your living room. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, we're talking about workout. People are dying out there of the pandemic and stuff, yeah. you know. So, and then, again, our MBA Strength Coaches Association came in swinging, again, to help. Um, very proactive and, again, awesome to be part of that. Um, NBSCA. And um, they have a partnership with Gatorade. And Gatorade was, you know, like, hey, how can we keep kids healthy at home? It's frustrating for parents. It's frustrating for people to be stuck. How can we help? I'm like, well, we have a team of strength coaches here that can each record a couple exercises and we'll post them daily. And then kids got something to do. Parents get ideas right. from our page on, you know, oh, I don't have exercise equipment. Well, your kid probably has a backpack and you can probably stuff in some books in there. Or some, you know, bag of beans or whatever, like right. water jugs, like you name it. And then at least it gets, again, interaction and people moving. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how the whole COVID thing kind of took place. You know, we, we were met with so much challenge from, you know, trying to ship equipment out to the guys. And then, you know, mail services are temporarily overflown. People were like panic buying stuff, um, you know. Weight equipment is flying off the shelves, getting on back order. So it was one of those things, what can we do again, right? Oh, out of stock? Sure. How can we do it? You got a backpack. Oh, do you have socks on? Great. Use a sliding surface. We can do some stuff on the, on the not on the carpet or whatever. So um, I know my answers are long, but I like at least to give some context. No, no it's good. great. That's good. <laughs> so, so, did, so you said you guys had to like mail a lot of stuff? <laughs> like weights and stuff to players or yeah so again right um okay well it would be very hard to do to ship you know weightlifting racks and bars and bumper plates and all this stuff but hey peloton like what can we do you know maybe I shouldn't be using brands here but whatever <laughs> um you know guys like peloton and 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 again People are like, oh, we're gonna guys are gonna detrain. I'm like, the same way they detrain, they're gonna retrain pretty fast whenever we get back. And it's very hard to stay motivated when you don't know when we're gonna start again. So our whole philosophy as a staff was let's keep it cool, let's be a resource for the guys, and then let's just, you know, kind of nudge them in the right direction, but not push them. It's not, it's not about going full out mode, like, go, 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 go. Matter of fact, they had a nice little deserved rest because the season yeah. was already pretty deep. And, you know, some of our high-minute players already needed a little breaky-break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, and, and this is, like, like full disclosure. Like, I mean, use the rest, man. When was the last time you had time? And then, you know, like. Three weeks in, four weeks in. Hey, brother, how you been doing? Oh, good, man. I've been on the couch all day. Well, let's try to pick Tuesday and Thursday and do something. Right. You know? We don't know when we're going to play because people are, like, looking back now, like, oh, the bubble, awesome, whatever. But it took a while for that bubble to be confirmed. Right. You know? And you guys are sport fans, and you've got to work in the field. So you know that it took some time for all that to develop appropriately and officially. So it's very hard to keep the guys going when there's no starting date. And then the moment we got a starting date, we just work backwards. Okay, if we're going to play here, how much time we have? What day is today? Three, four weeks. And then you work your plan accordingly. And then, you know, the, the whole goal was let's keep the guys active. You know, so if this week you worked out Tuesday and Thursday, let's next week add Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, um, and then do that for two weeks. And then the next week, let's go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you can do something Saturday or Sunday just for fun. And then we, we slowly stack adding a little bit more load. Right. Some, some guys listened, some guys didn't, you know. Um, but overall, I think the guys did pretty good. Were you pretty surprised in some of the guys who came back maybe slimmed down or, or bulked up a little more? Honestly, no, because we talk so much on the phone, um, you know, FaceTime pictures. And this is, again, right, give me a scenic route view of your job. 
<laughs> like I get to see some of this stuff before anybody sees any of it, right? So I mean, you get you know shirtless pictures and like six packs before <laughs> before it leaks out to the media and all that stuff. You know, becomes it becomes uh, before it becomes a little frenzy or something like that. So you know, it's more like I'm excited. Let's get this thing going. So. <laughs> So you can't you can't confirm or deny that you leaked those uh, six pack selfies, huh? That was definitely not me. <laughs> not you. Okay. okay. Here's another advice for like people in the field: like once you acquire your players' trust, keep can't it like that. It. Yes. Can't lose it. Yeah. So you talked a little bit, of, or you mentioned the uh, the bubble. What was your experience like in the bubble? I saw Maybe. some videos of you sprinting, running sprints up and down. Disney World. Hey, hey, man, just just like everybody else, right? You got to find purpose in certain things. And to me, it was the sprint program that you know I purchased, and it was perfect because it was literally three months long, and we were there for three months. Okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, I did two days of the program before we left here in Denver, mm-hmm. and then the remaining. And the coolest part, again, right? Talk about COVID. Um, one of the people working the sprints with me was one of our athletic trainers and one of the team attendants that was in the bubble as well. And we would have never bonded the way we did if we didn't train together every day. Right. So again, right. Looking on the silver lining of things and you know, the, the good in every bed or whatever. So that was the main thing there. But It's funny you mentioned that because one of our last guests, we talked with the, the director of rehab for the Suns, Adam, he pretty much said what you said. He, he thought the staff would be kind of like spread out a little bit more, but it ended up being a really kind of intense bonding experience for them. That they're, they, they learned a lot of stuff kind of to relate to one another, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, think about it, man. Um, I don't know uh, what kind of athletic careers you guys had, but um, any sort of like team sports and it just magnified that trip that you had or like a summer camp. And then just, you know, full blast, stuck in the same hotel, can't go out and get Chipotle or Chick-fil-A, nothing. All you got to do is stay in there, eat basically the same food every day. We were very well treated, though. Don't get me wrong. People, like, were complaining at first. To any degree, what they pulled off was amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah, there was some stuff that you're like, ooh, kind of shady. You know, this food's not looking the best. But... But sure, like, how can that not happen when you're trying to cater for, you know, 20 teams plus staff and all that stuff? So, and then uh, about the bubble, it we were able to bond with the players way more. You know, I had some, some guys, actually verbatim, I can say this. I had, I had one player say, this bubble is the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. And, of course, that stopped me on my tracks. Yeah. Why? He's like, because I have no distractions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. So, you know, that he's like, what am I going to do? Go back to my room? Or I can come down here and live there every day. Exactly. You know, and then I can shoot every day and and work with the, like, player development guys. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I have, I don't have to think about my meals, man. There's three of them ready. On game days, we have four. And most of the time, we had options. It wasn't even like, oh, this is all you get. You had, you know, two, three choices of protein. You had two, three choices of carbs. And you always had, like, two choices of salads and stuff. And then the occasional night, we would cater, we would cater food, you know, so. We joked that it was pretty much like a glorified summer camp. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Um, of course, it's my first year and, and with the team. So that was very good for bonding with the players, for bonding with the staff, you know, kind of. Um, I mean, I was very fortunate because I know a lot of assistant strength coaches did not get to go because they didn't make the, the cut of the. Initially, you could only have 35 people traveling to each staff. So um, that includes players and staff. Right. So, uh, of course, if you look at some of these organizations, like the, the roster on the staff side is, is ginormous. You know, they have like a lot of like performance coaches, player development, video associates, all that stuff. And to me, granted, 
you know, I'm lucky because I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not on the group risk of, you know, COVID. So, you know, I'm younger or whatever. Um, so, and, and I, I told the organization from day one, I'm like, listen, man, I'm here as a soldier, whatever you guys need, you know, because we had people do two roles, right? Um, so it was really cool because a lot of us, you know, help with equipment. A lot of us help with, you know, uh, in practice, you know, bumping guys in drills and stuff. I'm like, hey, player development, assistant coaches, tell me where you need me. Like, I can screen, I can rebound. Yeah. And, and those are things that in full out mode regular season, you don't have to do it as often. Right. So the part that, that messed with me a little bit, of course, isolation itself, there's days where things get weird. Whenever the players went on strike due to the protests and stuff, yeah. um, was much needed, but it was a weird day. It just coincidentally that day in the bubble, it was super rainy and gray outside. You know, um, it was just this weird, weird, weird vibe in the air, man. And it was a strange day. But again, right, you try to learn something from it. And it was funny because, you know, I heard some very passionate conversations in the hallway between players that, you know, had different opinions. And um, all that voting that the players did about, you know, should we play or not play? I mean, I saw them all assembling into the, the, the gym to have their meeting. You know, and then, you know, like we, we, we saw things because we we're so up close, but at the same time, we also didn't know the final word. So you check in on the media, you try to see who's saying what, what is going to happen. We didn't know any of this. So it was cool to learn about myself in, the, in that situation. And I'm like, where am I thinking? Like, how is this going to shape me? Is this a risk to my career? Like all those things. And then most importantly, it was easy for me to go to the bubble because I don't have kids and family directly, right? I have a fiance and she's amazing, right. but um, it was like, you know, seeing my boss, uh, Felipe, head strength coach, you know, he got three kids and um, that, that must have been very tough, you know, on, on his family and all that. So, so I think that's kind of like a little bit of a, yeah, like a overview of what the bubble experience was like everything else like it became my life for three months and i can't even imagine dudes that get deployed man yeah. to go to go to war like right? we, we i feel like we give a lot of support to military but that to me opened my eyes even more like i can't compare what i did that to war or being a soldier but at the same time like these dudes are out there for nine months 12 months deployment and, and and dude, I'm in a I'm in a resort at Disney World, like eating ice cream at night. Like, come on, are you serious? These dudes are across the country, not knowing if they're gonna die tomorrow. Like, come on, you know, they, they, their wives don't know if you know daughter and son are gonna see daddy tomorrow. Like, come on, dude. So, so the bubble is cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah, it's it's cool hearing this firsthand experience. I mean, because a lot of the stuff we hear about through the media and like you know on player social media and stuff, so like. It's cool hearing firsthand, especially from like the coaching side of things, how it, how yeah. it all was. So when you guys get a new player like traded or, or even like with the draft, do you kind of like take an evaluation of that player, like watching squat form and seeing like things you can improve on and, and how to increase their weight and stuff? What, what does that kind of look like? So we look at um, – it's not really about – those smaller things like oh let me see your squat technique because i'm pretty sure i don't what was it i think kevin durant couldn't bench press in the combine like years ago yeah yeah yeah. you know but the dude is a a monster so like what does that matter right so um but we do like to get a feel for who they are as a person um and uh, i'm learning all of this as well like the draft is very volatile man because you know, you never know what teams before you're going to pick and that can screw up whatever you want to pick. Um, and if some back deals happen, like uh, who knows that can change the whole scheme of things. So, you know, we get a nice solid list from the front office of guys that we're looking at. And then it's our job to do our due diligence and check with their strength coaches and athletic trainers and all that stuff, which is twofold because sometimes guys don't want to be too honest because they want that kid to succeed and be drafted, right? right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then we also rely on reports, you know. Um, again, de- data is really important and helpful for a reason. Um, but, you know, you look 
back at a kid's last year of college, you know, how many games did he lose or miss, you know, due to injury, you know? So um, if he has, you know, played 20 games, you know, miss five, um, and then all five would do to like this one injury on his foot or whatever. Um, sure. You know, like we look into it, like, is this a liability or is it an asset? So. Gotcha. So these next two questions are from <laughs> some of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I did for uh, grammatical sake, I did grammar sake rather, I did change some of the wording. Uh, so first question. How is your experience essentially working with the best of the best? I'm blessed to be around these guys. There you go. So next question, and then what is the biggest difference between off-season workouts when compared to, like, in-season workouts? Uh, That's a good question. So any off-season, really, we're trying to work on development and, and moving the needle a little bit. Um, in season, it's, you can also do that at times, but you got to understand that if a player is playing a heavy load of minutes, um, it's going to be very hard to, uh, the body doesn't know if you doing a really hard workout in the weight room or if you're playing a really hard basketball game, the body doesn't know the difference, right? right? Um, like physiologically speaking. Right. So whenever a player plays heavy minutes, or very intense minutes, because there's a difference. Um, you know, we have to supplement that with some weight room activities. But then at the time, that will be shifted more towards hopefully injury prevention and building some sort of uh, resiliency and, and, you know, making sure the guys are feeling good first and foremost. So that will be the, the main difference. One seeks more development. While the in-season workouts will be seeking more, you know, strength level maintenance and hopefully building some durability for them to be able to play all the way through playoffs. Gotcha. Sweet. Well, now we're going to kind of jump into those hot seat questions that we briefed you a little bit about. But like we said, hot seat, don't know anything about it. So first... They're designed to be fun, so just answer with your gut. You can keep it short and simple. It doesn't matter. We'll just... Run right through them. Yep. Absolutely. No problem. All right. First question. What is the max weight you've ever picked up? Like in a lift? Sure. Any lift. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Uh, 405 of my back squat. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, 400 club. Um, <laughs> what do you often see people in online workouts or in gyms that just really annoys you? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Bro. <laughs> um. Okay, so when when it, it, this is funny, I I don't like to just show cast that you know I'm a strength coach or whatever, but that's the funniest thing is when someone comes and tries to either give me advice or something. <laughs> yeah, like, but, really? like, I, well, here's the thing: uh, depending where it's coming from, it might be super valuable, right? But my ego self at times does come out, and it's kind of like. Like, dude, you know who I am. <laughs> you know, but, so what is what is an exercise that they came up and commented you about? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even that. It was um you know, like you get social media comments on like whenever you post yourself doing an exercise. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> oh, like you're you're criticizing my form, form police, but you know, you smoking a cigar and drinking whiskey every night. <laughs> right. Like, okay, cool. Like, one thing has nothing to deal with the other, and you can be a really good lifter and still enjoy cigars and whiskey, but I don't see you posting that, and I'm also not saying, like, hey, you better lay off the alcohol and the cigar, buddy. Like, like, Stay in your lane. That's the Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Form police. But, dude, it's funny. Like, there's so many other things that, you know, I, I just like to listen to conversations. At times I'm lifting, if I have my earbuds, I'll just like, you know, pull them out just so I can hear the conversation. <laughs> and it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's you hear interesting. Some weird things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, guys trying to talk to girls and being like, you know, like, oh, you should be oh, a yeah. squeezed here. <laughs> this is, oh, oh, God. <laughs> so, do you want me to squat you squatting? Let me, let me help you with that. Yeah, right, right from behind. I'm going to squat yeah. all the way down there with you. 
<laughs> All right. Who is the strongest Nugget on the Nuggets team? It can be coaches, staff, players. I mean, it's clearly class. <laughs> no. No, sir. If it's a player, you can just say player. If you talk about lifting, lifting, uh, but if you talk about, you know, kicking ass ability, that's a little different. I want to hear both now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, we have a a player development coach, Stephen Graham, and he's pretty pretty strong, man. Like, (laughs) you throw that 315 on bench every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, damn. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then... From the player aspect, um, dude, uh, I, I think I can share this. Like Vlako Chanchar is a kid from Slovenia. He he pretty he pretty strong, and uh, Noah Vonley too. Like really? <laughs> oh yeah, he, he that kid can move some weight, man. Dang, I, I was thinking <laughs> you were gonna say uh, Plumley. That that was my bad. But, well, see, it's kind of funny because now I start like, oh, actually, though, Tony's pretty strong too. Like, all those guys, it's funny, man. Like, like strength is a relative term, and I know I'm right. kind of deviating from the hot seat environment oh, you're good. and going into the. I have a justification for everything, but um, you know, like a lot of these guys can't lift a back squat four or five like I did, but. These dudes can jump over my head and, and right. dunk two hands on the rim. And so it's like, really, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, weight room strength? Sure. I gave you a couple names. Like, yeah. So athleticism is a whole different ballgame, man. So. It's a different animal. So are you involved in any research studies currently, or have you been in the past? Uh, other than myself and – the stuff that I like to mess with, no. Like official research studies, no. Okay. But I think the best research is you live in your life. Well, there you go. You know, More philosophy from Klaus. Man, this is, <laughs> this is like philosophy heavy. I love it. Let's go. Uh, the, the, the beauty about philosophy, man, is like people can't necessarily call you out on it. Because the right. answer is like, well, that's what I think. Sorry. That's what I believe in. <laughs> It's my opinion. That's, that's what I believe. There you go. So, are you against veganism? I'm like, uh, I never said that. I just like a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So, what is your favorite all-time exercise to perform? Sprint. Okay. Now, is, now is that a current fascination because of the program, or is that just that's always been like your one of your favorites? Uh, it, it's been one of my favorites. I don't like running though. Like Ooh. distance. I no, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'll be like pass, pass, pass. Um, I don't look at that one. But uh, I'm really into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so okay, if, yeah. if that could be an exercise, it would be BJJ, of course. But um, yeah, like sprinting for sure. It's almost like it's that thing that will tick off many, many boxes. Right. Okay, gotcha. So, if you could take on any current Nuggets player, one-on-one in basketball, who do you think that you would have the best chance to win against? Now, notice how I said, who do you think you would win against? I said, (coughs) you would have the best chance to win against. Uh, The guy they just drafted. (laughs) Right, because I don't know him yet. No, it's okay. (laughs) I, I I could deal with that. Oh. Man, Nikola Jokic, because I have a, I have a. What? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm messing with you. That kid, <laughs> me. that kid destroys me in everything. Every time we play any game, like you're not winning. You only win if you play on this team. Like seriously, I never seen anything like that. This kid will win everything. From like, if you play cricket with him, he'll find a way to win. Is it just because he's super competitive, or he's just naturally like all around gifted? He will crack that code in like 30 minutes and somehow develop a technique that works. And you're like, what the, like, how is this possible? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's unbelievable. Any sort of game with that kid, it's like, I try to beat him every time. I tell him like, hey, the day I beat Nikola Jokic is a good day. And he's like, of course, <laughs> of course, brother. <laughs> I love that That's kid. He's awesome. 
All right. What would you suggest to someone who might be out of shape, maybe because COVID and everything, and wants to get back into the gym, but doesn't like have much motivation or anything like that? Start small. Okay. Do you have a catchphrase that you say in the gym during workouts, whether to like hype someone up or to encourage someone or something that they make fun of you because you say it a lot over and over? <laughs> I'm always cracking different stuff, man. But what I say a lot is like, yo, I'm not here to get through it. I'm here to get better. I usually say that. So. There you go. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny. Like, you don't announce that all the time. But you say it, and then hopefully, like, one or two guys will turn their heads and kind of marinate on it. I like it. It's going to be my new Instagram bio. There you go. <laughs> you need, like, a, you need a book of philosophy quotes that people can just, like, slap on their wall. <laughs> no. This is... This is like a Frankenstein of other people that pour into me that somehow uh, I'm able to regurgitate it and spit it back out or whatever works. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I like I like to read and I like to just you know I don't know be a little bit more than just what's around my belly button and look around the world before you start yapping about stuff. There you go. Well, what's what's the last? This will be the last question. Um, what was the last book that you read, and would you recommend it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I just finished yesterday, actually, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, I've heard of it, yeah. It was about, it's like financial investments and all that stuff, and um, very interesting outlook on certain things. Um, that's something that fascinates me as a professional. You don't see a lot of older strength coaches out there, so um, it's almost like you got to be able to squeeze the juice you can now, and then, right. you know, so... I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm 50, 55, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's been an honor having you, man. We have learned so much. It's It's been fun just hearing all your philosophy and, and, and basketball thrown in there, too. No, I appreciate you guys having me. This is a lot of fun, and it's different. Some some interviews are so boring. It's like, oh, like, talk about this or whatever, and you're like, oh, here we go again. But no, I appreciate you guys Party keeping it fresh and yeah uh, i appreciate you guys keeping it fresh and a little different i swear i, I read the questions i was like oh okay this is this is gotten better than i thought it was going to <laughs> well good i'm glad we surprised you yeah perfect well thanks thanks again class for coming on the podcast uh we'll see talk to you soon yeah appreciate it man have a good one